One, two, three. Welcome to the Smartest Amazon Seller Podcast. It's your host, Scott Needham. I'm an Amazon seller for about a decade, and I found someone who's been a seller for a decade and a year. I have Christopher Grant. Many may know of him. He teaches a lot of very interesting things about Keepa. That's what we're going to dive into. This is probably the first podcast that I'm going to be like, call it the Keepa episode. And right now I've been following him on Twitter. He writes and we were just sharing about how he's beating me on Twitter in terms of followers and growth. But that's an aside. Hey, Chris, welcome. Thanks so much for having me. The company, Keepa, you will not see more than one or two sentences about who they are and what they do. They are based out of Germany, if I'm not correct, and they very low profile. I'm the opposite. They have a forum and they will respond. When I started selling wholesale 2013, I think I discovered Keepa in about 2016. And it actually like really changed a lot of our practices and perceptions. It's an awesome tool. I have to imagine that at some point you had some similar moments. You're like, oh, wow, I can do a lot with this. It was the change going from sourcing blind to being able to learn Keepa and all the things that it does give us. I don't want to use the term revolutionary, but I mean, it really kind of was. It was a massive shift in, in how yeah. I did things as I transitioned from retail arbitrage to online arbitrage. So to those listening and never know, Keepa is this like, it's a Chrome extension that has a very good sales rank and price history on top of an Amazon page. I think that's how most people use it. It's even, I think, found an audience in the thrifter, the deal shoppers that wants mm -hmm. to like, they just want to find deals. So it gives them that historic price so they can see that. They're like, oh, I'm finding this at a good time. I say that because it has 3 million downloads. And I don't think there's 3 million sellers, but it's actually a, one of the few tools that has like outside appeal to just Amazon shoppers. Yeah, absolutely. I wish that I could know what the split was because, of course, the more downloads, the better for Keepa. It allows them to kind of scrape data a little bit better, things like that, yeah, uh, they, which a lot they, of people probably don't realize. They do a little clever trick that someone wrote a really deep report on it. I think you have to like Google the right terms. Maybe I'll throw it in the show notes, but someone did a deep dive that showed that their Chrome extension is scraping kind of through you. And they're scraping other pages to keep their data current. So mm -hmm. kind of using the users as a farming system. And for someone like myself, I spend tens of thousands of dollars a month on gathering and supporting data. So what they're doing is very cost efficient for themselves. Absolutely. And what's funny is this article jumps all in them on privacy. And I'm like, no, 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 you guys are missing the point. They don't care about the Chrome user or the user of the extension. They're just trying to keep their data current. Yep. Because it is shockingly, you know, up to date, you know, sometimes with like multiple pings per day on an ASIN. So you've been, you know, teaching people, a lot of new sellers and experience to use Keepa more. Tell me more about like what types of things, I guess from the starting point to like some of the things that like you're able to show people that maybe they've been doing online arbitrage for a few years and you're showing off. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the best things about Keep, of course, for the new seller and even the experienced seller who hasn't uh, found it is being able to determine 
velocity, somewhat within a range. You know, for those people who are maybe new to Amazon or longtime sellers, you know, Amazon just started kind of rolling out how many items are sold on a particular ASIN. Before that, it was all just a shot in the dark. We had to kind of guess, and there's algorithms that people use and tools to estimate sales, but nobody really knew other than Amazon. So what we'd have to use is the sales rank to figure out, well, does this sell off or does it sell infrequently and things like that. And so for a long time, that was probably the most powerful thing. Am I going to buy a dud or am I going to buy something that actually flies off the shelf? Price stability is another one. It lets us know the data points of what the buy box is, what the new price is, and all of those things. And you can kind of forecast what is the price going to do based on the historical data. Yep. Of course, you're not, you're not always right because, you know, there's black swan events, there's, you know, TikTok that, you know, makes something go viral and the price shoots up and all kinds of things. And uh, sometimes and the competition could flood the market. Like that's, Maybe a distributor just got a, you know, a bunch of units and stuff happens. Yeah, absolutely. A great example of that would be there was a Lego Christmas tree this year and it's an ASIN. I've never seen more sellers on a single ASIN. There was like 700 at some point and nobody could have expected that, that there was that much supply, but it happened. And so, of course, the price tanked on that thing, well, you know, <laughs> but yeah, it was crazy. Uh, but, you know, we can make some educated guesses on what's going to happen, which is kind of what we do as Amazon seller. We're just all taking a bunch of educated guesses, hoping we make a little money. But then outside of that, there's a lot of other data, like who are the historical sellers? So I can see, oh, well, this person shows up a lot on this brand, and maybe that means that they're a wholesale seller, or maybe they're just really good with a particular storefront or source site. You can see all kinds of information. I mean, heck, if you wanted to only source items that are red, Keepa and the Keepa product finder will show you all of the items that are read in the Amazon catalog. And so then we can go in and we can go a step further and we can use things like the Keepa product finder and we can get really granular with what we're looking for. Actually, I'll give you an example that I put up on Twitter the other day. I wanted to see how many ASINs had increased in price between 10% and 1,000% over the past 90 days that only had between three and seven sellers uh, to try to get out the private label sellers and also the things that just have too much supply for the demand of the product. And we're also ranked under 250,000 currently in the catalog. And there were over a million ASINs. And so I was able to pull all of those back. And I could, I could even get more granular. And so I did another layer and I was like, well, I only wanna see the items where Amazon is out of stock at least 80% of the time over the last 90 days. And so we were able to get a little bit more granular there. And then maybe you only want to find items that are between 30 and $40 in price on Amazon because that's your sweet spot. Well, you can add that layer in as well. And then there are you know, dozens of other layers that you could add to that to become really granular in finding products that might be a closer fit into what you want to sell or what might be a product that is typically profitable for you. Yeah, so it's a very powerful database and this product finder, not well known. Mm -hmm. Or if it's known, not utilized very well. And I probably should pay more attention to it because I uh, have similar use cases in Smart Scout where people are, you know, searching and doing filters and all that. 
I would say I do think that Keepa is a little bit more configurable. There's a few more like columns. I mean, actually, on the flip side, SmartScout, we've invented some of our own. I don't know. It's a toss-up, but... I'll tell you the thing about SmartScout. I think the place where you guys absolutely shine is being able to go into a niche or a subcategory or a brand and be able to see what the estimated GMV is, what the growth or the volume is. That right there lets me know whether or not I should even look at a particular brand. So for example, Wawa is a popular gas station in Florida and I think maybe in Pennsylvania, but they're all over here. And so I looked up the Wawa brand on Amazon. And of course, there are products listed. I went over to Kiba to find some more information about it. And I could see that things were selling. However, I went over to SmartScout to actually be able to pull up what the GMV is for each one of their product lines. And that made me more curious. You're totally right. I I started explaining it just like a month ago and I'm telling people like, hey, have you ever used these like Chrome extensions? And have you ever like added a product together? You're like, okay, one, you know, 25,000 plus 50,000. If you've ever just done that, like that's what we're solving for. You know, that activity of just like telling you like market share, stuff like that. That's definitely been a priority. And I mean, even some adjustments coming in the future. But let's jump back into the product finder. I do want to learn. So you have taught many people, some of the brand new sellers, some of them are actually very experienced sellers, maybe even up to eight figures, but they still can learn a few things. What are those types of things that like the eight figure sellers are learning? So one of the things that I'm always surprised by is how many people still think that like HIPAA drops equal the number of sales. And in some cases it's, kind of true like books for example if if you see a book that you know the rank drops three times a month you can figure well that's probably selling three units maybe every now and again someone buys two units of the same book like i do on occasion but some of the other things that have been even more powerful is really diving deep into things like the amazon deals section people adding on amazon to amazon flips to their business where before they didn't really understand how other people were doing it Keepa gives us a flow of products that are dropping in price kind of in real time or pretty close to real time. And then when you add that in with your ability to read a Keepa graph, you can see, oh, well, Amazon drops this price on a regular basis and then raises the price back up and I can arbitrage the difference. Interesting. Uh, with Keepa, you're going to find a million products, but... You know, that doesn't mean you could find that product to sell. Like, so, you know, sourcing is kind of the next challenge. What do you do when you found a good product? So let's say I find something with Keep a Product Finder or just scouring Amazon. The next step for me is going to be Google. That's the easiest thing to do, of course. And there's a term in the SEO world or a saying in the SEO world that if you want to hide a dead body, the best place to do it is the second page of Google. So I like to always tell people that it's always good to go past the first page and really do the research, not just surface level, but really go deep. I look at page two and three of Google. Google Lens has also become an incredible tool. And you can right click on a product image on Amazon. You can search it with Google Lens and you can often find out a retailer. That's efficient. Yeah. Yeah. It's fantastic. 
is Google Lens only matching the exact image or are they kind of like doing some of the, we could call it even AI work where they're like, oh, I think this is this. And so here's some similar. I do think that sometimes you get some similar items. I definitely think that they're using some AI there, but it's pretty good. It's better than I expected it would be, especially for it being, I think, less than a year old or maybe just about a year old. Interesting. This is this will be a fun story. What's the best find that you've either that kind of just like surprised you and jumped out and just you're like, yes. Sometimes the great finds don't stay great forever. That's why you could like, you know, like I could tell you about some of my finds and like, well, they're not fine anymore, but like there was a sweet spot. My favorite find of all time, it was and it's not not something that would be profitable these days, but it was the Chewbacca mask. And it was a Hasbro toy. And I don't know if you remember, but there was a lady who went viral yeah, yeah. for, you know, laughing at herself in her car. And that seemed to be the advent or maybe the turning point where viral videos would make products then go viral on the internet. And I was fortunate enough to be able to kind of be caught up in that wave. And I sold, probably sold 80 or 90 of those masks. They were retailed for $39.99. And the most expensive one I sold was about $280. It was incredible. It was fun. I got to see, you know, exactly what happened in the Keepa chart, but both leading up to it during that and then on the downswing. And then we can see that quite often, you know, say when a celebrity passes away. I'm actually working on a trend finder right now based off of the keyword trends, but I don't think mine is going to like, find stuff there's gonna be a week delay mm -hmm. because that's just how amazon releases their search term trends do you know of any other way that's like a little bit faster google trends but like google trends isn't like very ecom focused it's not yeah yeah google trends gives you some ideas of places you might be able to look but you're right it's not really ecom focused i've been looking for something to better track tiktok hashtags while we still have tiktok because I think that would be a really great way to be able to be on the front end of a wave. And then I also think that following the growth of some subreddit is a great way to be able to dictate how something is trending. You know, if I uh, had unlimited resources, I would totally build like Smart Scout for TikTok. You know what I oh, mean? Oh, yeah. A very organized view of just like what's going on. And if you could do any sort of view distribution across videos for like a period of time, oh my goodness, it'd just be a lot of fun. But of course, you know, then I had to worry, then I'd have to be like rooting for TikTok to not get banned. Exactly. I don't know how long I want to build businesses off of other businesses. <laughs> so there's something fascinating about TikTok that I just learned. In 2022, there's a, a female author and just off of TikTok marketing and other people making videos about her books, she outsold the Bible. Really? Mm -hmm. First time it's ever happened. That's crazy. And her name's not J.K. Rowling. It's not J.K. <laughs> Rowling. I don't even remember her name. Oh, that's crazy. Uh, yeah, no, it is insane Like how what things can happen. I did have a product go viral on TikTok, and I have never seen my sales chart take off like that day on a Friday afternoon. So, yeah, I hope you're always on the right side of those trends. Well, Chris, I actually think you have a lot to teach, even if you just glance what you're doing on Twitter. Like, it's clear, you know, you're spending a lot of time thinking about these things. Tell us a little bit more about, like, how people can learn more and who the right audience is. 
Yeah. So I typically help people who are doing retail or online arbitrage, especially online arbitrage. I'm not so great at the wholesale side just because I haven't done it as much as I probably should. But yeah, I'd love for people to follow me over on Twitter. My handle is at Clear the Shelf, and that's my handle across every single social media platform. Is that from like retail arbitrage? You're just like, you know, take everything off the shelf. Yeah. When I was heavy into retail arbitrage, I had one of my specialties was shaking hands and kissing babies is what I like to call it. I'd go and I'd talk to managers and I would figure out ways to be able to clear the shelf as much as possible. And so that ended up becoming my blog and my YouTube and all my social media. Awesome. Well, I do think Keepa is just kind of like a one of a kind piece of software. A lot of people can learn some things. I learn, use it all the time. And we've been working on a Chrome extension. Do we actually replace Keepa? I don't know. But there's some technical hurdles. What they do is just like, is intense. So follow at Clear the Shelf. You guys want to learn more. Chris, thanks so much for coming in and talking. Just giving your perspective on things for beginners and experts. Okay. Well, with that, we'll wrap up. And Chris, outside of Keepa and Smart Scout, what is the most important software tool that you use? Oh man, that's a great question. I would say outside of Keepa and Smart Scout, I would say it's probably RevSeller. Being able to not have to keep opening up the Amazon calculator to figure out, you know, whether or not something is profitable. That's probably the thing I use most often. Okay. There you have it. Okay. Thanks, Chris. We'll wrap up. Hope everyone has a great week of selling and finding those TikTok products. One, two, three.